May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. At last week's diocesan convention in Montgomery, our keynote speaker uh, was a gentleman named currently working on a PhD for Congregational Leadership and Change, and his presentation centered around a book called Growing Young, Six Essential Strategies to Help Young People Discover and Love Your Church. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all six this morning. If you want to do that, you can buy the book. Um, but uh, during his presentation, he made this claim, which I think is very important. He said, people don't fear change. People don't fear change, rather, people fear the loss associated with change. More specifically, people have a hard time involuntarily entering into a loss situation. And it is often those with the most, uh, with, uh, excuse me, it is often those with the most to lose who have the hardest time uh, with the loss associated with change. After all, those with the most to lose have to give up their power. They have to give up their control. They have to give up their proverbial and metaphorical keys. This claim also seems to translate well when considering our own spiritual lives with God, especially during this season of Lent when we are called to repent. Repentance, after all, literally means to change one's mind or heart. Repentance means change. And inevitably, a change of heart or mind will cause us to give something up. But why in the world would we voluntarily enter into a loss situation? Why would we even want to repent, want to change? Now, in the verses leading up to today's gospel lesson, we are told that the entire Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem are flocking to the wilderness to hear John the Baptist preach. That is a lot of people. The entire Judean countryside, the entire city of Jerusalem is going out to hear this crazy guy preach in the desert. Why in the world are they flocking to this, this person? Remember that these people are, are, are living under the oppressive Roman government who've been occupying their land for generations. They are primed for change. They are tired of it. They've grown restless under this current state of affairs. Uh, they've been longing for this change since the prophets of old have, have told them from generation to generation. They, they, are, they, they are yearning for this time of liberation from oppression. They want change now. And any loss, anything they lose because of this change is more than worth it. In so many ways, there's, they have nothing left to lose. Change is so much easier to swallow when there's nothing left to lose. But even then, we can be reluctant to change because we'd rather stay in the current situation, no matter how bad it is, than risk a new situation that is unknown. But that's where the good news of Jesus and his kingdom come into play. Jesus gives them a reason to believe that the change is worth it in his own life, in his own ministry, and ultimately through his death and his resurrection, Jesus gives them a vision of that heavenly kingdom that has been promised to them. They have reason to hope. This vision of this new kingdom gives them reason to hope and leave behind their old lives, no matter the cost. 
because nothing compares in value to life in the kingdom of heaven. In his letter to the Philippians, St. Paul says that he regards everything he lost for the sake of knowing Jesus as rubbish. Anything that St. Paul had before knowing Jesus, he counts as rubbish. Uh, The things that St. Paul valued before knowing Christ are no longer of importance to him. He was an important person in society. He was a Pharisee. He was blameless before the law. He was a Hebrew and a Roman citizen, which is really rare. All of that meant nothing compared to knowing Christ Jesus, compared to knowing that he is a beloved child of God. Now, for, for those of us with a lot to lose, The idea of repentance can be daunting, even impossible. Remember the lawyer who Jesus instructs to sell everything, to follow him? If you look at the gospel narrative, it is those with the most power who are the most threatened by Jesus. They had the most to lose should Jesus come into power. Because Jesus' kingdom, in Jesus' kingdom, the keys are given to those without earthly power, the least, the last, and the lost. Therefore, these with power try to find a way to shut him up, ultimately by killing him. As we think about our own spiritual lives in a relatively affluent community, we must also consider the inevitable loss that comes with following Jesus. We're talking about this in our adult forum class, uh, Finding God in the Suburbs. Uh, the, The first disciples dropped their fishing nets to follow Jesus. This Lent, what do you need to follow? What do you need to drop to follow Jesus more closely? What in your life do you need to let go of to lose in order to move closer to God in Christ? Uh, For those of us with a lot to lose, maybe there's more than one thing that needs to be dropped. That's fine, but let's, let's just focus on one thing right now. Think about a quick win, something that will help you grow in confidence so you can drop something bigger the next time. Now, a word of caution. You'll never drop anything left to your own devices. Uh, You weren't strong enough to drop something worth dropping by yourself. God knows this. And this is why God sent Jesus to reveal his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And the vision of this kingdom that he gives through his sermons, his miracles, his parables, the vision of this kingdom, this promise of new life, is what ultimately gives us the grace and permission to drop those things we thought we needed to live a full life. Now, the best way I know how to keep this vision in front of me, um, this, this vision of God's kingdom, is through participating in the life of the church. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a short memory. Uh, it doesn't take long after I leave this, this place to, uh, for my vision to become distorted by my surroundings. Um, I I need to be reminded of what the kingdom of heaven looks like again and again and again. I need to be converted daily. Uh, Bishop Stahl once said uh, that God reserves the the most difficult cases to the priesthood. So I guess that's probably why. Uh, And even the the hardest cases to the bishops, apparently. Anyway, um, don't tell Bishop G. The the, the church community, through our weekly worship, through our study, through our daily prayers— through our fellowship, through our care and concern for each other, through our service to the community, and through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us all, God is giving us, this gathered body of Christ, a vision of the kingdom here and now. So God is working through all of us and all of this to give a vision of the kingdom in the here and now. So at best, the church should inspire repentance 
not in a negative way, but in a positive way, a change of heart, a change in our world, a change in our communities, a change in our own lives. And I think most of us would agree that the world is not as it should be. The world is not as it should be, and the vision that we are given by the kingdom amplifies that the world is not as it should be. But you know what God does? God loves the world the way it is. God loves us so much that he sends his only son to die so that we might be inspired to pursue a new way of living, to live in love like he did, no matter the cost, no matter the loss. It is only through God's gracious action in Christ that change is possible in our world and in our lives. So yes, there's no doubt that you will experience some kind of loss the more and more you commit to the way of Jesus. But in time, I pray that you come to see this loss in the same way as St. Paul did, as rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus is Lord. I pray that your Lenten disciplines help you experience your voluntary losses in this life as gains in the life to come, a life that has come near in Jesus. Amen. And now we proclaim this faith with the words of the Nazine Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, 